Amen and good morning. We're going to open our service singing three songs together this morning, and may we never forget. We're going to start with this hymn, Lest I Forget Gethsemane, Lest I Forget Thine Agony, Lest I Forget Thy Love for Me, Lord, Lead Me to Calvary. Sing with us. Of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn crown brow, lead thee to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thy forget what he did for us. May we look upon that cross and see the beautiful one. See those hands that took the nails for us. Those are the same hands that hold us in his care today. See the eyes that looked upon his oppressors and the sin of all the world. Those are the eyes that watch over us every day. May we always remember Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, Lord, your grace abounds to me. Let's sing this together.
forget what he's done in our lives. Amen. That beautiful one took all of our brokenness, took all of our failures, and turned them into something beautiful. In his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Confusion, 
brokenness and strife, but He made something beautiful of my life. Sing that again. Something beautiful. If there ever were dreams that were lofty and noble, they were my dreams at the start. And the hopes for life's best were the hopes that I harbored down deep in my heart. But my dreams turned to ashes, my castles all crumbled, my fortune turned to loss. So I wrapped it all in the rags of my life and laid it at that old cross. Sing with us. Something beautiful. Something good. Something good. All my confusion. He was the only one. He understood. to offer him all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife but he made something beautiful of my life but he made something beautiful of my life but he made something While we put the stage back together so Adel can bring his message from up here, we want to say a couple things. First of all, welcome back to the Collins family. We did that at the Breaking of Bread, but welcome back. You're part of our family, and I know you're going to be sharing with many of how things are going, so that's a blessing. Second thing, we have a new function on the website. So you go under members, right? You sign in with your password, you go under members. Under there, there's a tab on the left side that says forums. So you can go in there, and if you have anything you want to sell, there's a place for that. You can enter it in, and people will then be able to see if you have something to sell or give away. If you want to give it away, then put it on the, on the website. This way we can share with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ the things that God has given to us. So now in just a moment here, our dear brother Adel will bring us the message. Thank you, Dean. Good morning. Still morning. Good morning to you all. Uh, Dean welcomed the Collins family to be back here. But, you know, they had to get up early this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning and travel six hours to come and hear me. Don't believe that. Anyway, <laughs> we love to see them and uh, we hope to see them more often as the days go by. He made something beautiful for my life. Amen. I think many of us can say 
we have reached a certain time in, my, in our lives that we gave up and we said, hey, it's, it's getting bad and I have no hope. And then Jesus shows his face through a word, through attending a meeting, through a conviction, through your brother, through your wife, through your husband. And then things have changed and we can say he made something beautiful for my life and in my life. And he did that for me long, long time ago. Almost 55 years now, I've been with the Lord. He made, and I'd like to say I always like to deliver uh, a message of encouragement, a message uh, that is not negative, but today I want to start with the negatives. It's not my personality. It's bad for me, but you know, the word of God, if it's there in the word of God, we cannot sweep it under the carpet. We have. So would you like to open your Bibles with me today to a, a portion that is known by many? To Second Timothy. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy when he was uh, pastoring the church in Philippi. We are studying second chapter 3, the first Five, uh, seven verses. First seven verses. Paul writing. But realize this. That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Boastful. Arrogant. Revilers. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power and avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning. These people never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always truth seekers but they never acknowledge the truth. I don't think that Paul forgot any adjective at all about in the end of times. Do you, do you feel with Paul that this is happening nowadays? Do you see? And it was written when? 2,000, 2,100 years ago, this was written by Paul. And as if he wrote it yesterday morning and gave it to us so we can learn what's happening during the last days. These are the days. And today, men, and I say men, people, all over the world, they are turning their back to what's written in the Bible. What used to be sacred is not sacred anymore. And if I have to give a title for my message, is there still anything sacred? Let me ask you folks, is there still anything sacred? Thank God for the believers in this world and those who are in this church, that I, I think there's still something sacred yet. But a quick look at our society today. Breaks your heart. It breaks the heart of any law-abiding citizen who fears God and obeys the law of the land. Disrespect of authority, 
hatred toward discipline and order, they are on the increase. Whether you agree with me or not, they are on the increase. Permissiveness, for a lack of a better word, has become the unwritten law of millions who ignore God's patience and defy him with their sinful lives and ungodly attitudes. Just look around us and what do we see? Lawlessness, hatred, murder, disrespect toward God and Christianity. The world news confirms this, uh, that evil is in control of many aspects of our society today, globally. The spiraling craze of pleasure or for pleasure, brutality in sport, lack of ethics everywhere, divorce is increasing, and wrecking the sanctity of homes, the decay of religion. People are looking to hear the word of God and they can't find it in many churches. Hatred. The increase especially of persecution and killing of Christians in many lands. These are the signs of the end of times. Is there anything secret yet? It looks like man has thrown out many of our sacred things. I believe this is the most sacred book that has ever been written. Amen. There is no other book in the world that is as good, as new as it is today. It was written, or oh, it's maybe 4,000 years old. And it is so current. And you know what? It predicts what's going to happen in the future. When the future comes, if we're still here, it'll be more current than the future. In my opinion, I hope, in your opinion, it is the most sacred book that in the world. And people are disregarding it. They wrote a new... new New codes of ethics to live their own life and forgetting that God has given us standards to live by and given us ways to follow in living with each other. Respect for what is right, wholesome, and godly is not a priority anymore. This confirms what the word of God said in Timothy 4.3, let me read it to you. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Do you agree with that? They want to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. People would like to go to church. But don't talk to me about myself. Don't describe myself for me. We're not describing people here. We're just stating the word of God. We're saying what the holy book says. We're saying what the sacred word of God says to you and to me to speak to my heart. And many people say, I don't want it. And you know what happened? Many today, speakers in the world and in many churches, I say it. With sadness, they tend to the people and they want to give the people what they like and what they feel comfortable for. But I hope that if you feel uncomfortable, it's about a sin in your life and you'll be comfortable when you confess it and take Jesus as your savior and follow the book. Amen. That's all. We don't preach anything of our own. I do not. This is the word of God. And the word God stands for. Forever. And the preacher of all said, which is 
has already been. Nothing new. And what is to be has already been. Presently, I want to draw your attention, and I think, I hope you agree with me, there is a great satanic assault on the home, on the families, especially on Christian families. There's a great assault. The marriage and its sanctity and the word of God is being assaulted today and being attacked today. Satan's main objective is to destroy the home. Please listen to me. Destroy the home, you destroy the church. Destroy the church, you destroy society. Destroy society, you destroy a nation. We must be aware of the scheme of the devil and what he is doing in our families today, in our homes. And let me ask you a question. How is your home today? How is your family today? Stick together. Seek the Lord. Put him first in your lives, and the Lord will protect your home from the dangers and the schemes of the devil. Satan feels that I won the game. I won. Marriage is no more respected. They have exchanged marriage. Man and a woman is not what we want nowadays. They have introduced other things. disrespecting what God said in his word. Loyalty is not there anymore. A man to be loyal to his wife and to his children is not being followed anymore in our society. And likewise for the women. Satan is out there to destroy the home because Satan feels, I should not respect this word of God, nor the standard that God has placed for us to follow. That's my negative things. I gave you that. But this is true, isn't it? But the genuine Christian home is still sacred. The Bible did not change. No one could rewrite it. Because there's one verse at the end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22. And this is it. No matter what they do, they cannot change it. If anyone takes away from the words of this book, And of this prophecy even, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. About two, three weeks ago, Hollywood had an awards thing, which I don't watch. But I read on the internet that one singer, okay, said in his comments that it's time to rephrase the book that was written 3,500 years ago. I say, woe unto him who will even think of that. Because this word to us is sacred. It is still, even if it's disrespected today. God created them, the sanctity of the home. If you look 
with me to Genesis 21, uh, to, uh, chapter 2, 21 to 25. You will see what God says here. The Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which had taken from the man and brought her to the man he created. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall leave to his, cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed in the face of God. This is what God done. In, in chapter 1 and verse 27, And God created man and he, in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Where is the respect for God nowadays? Where is the respect for the sanctity of the home and the family? Destroy the family. You destroy society. You destroy a nation. And no wonder... We're not going forward. That's the negative side. We're not going forward. We're going backward. We're following the crowd. No matter what man does or tries to change God's plan, he's destined to fail, period, in spite of these attacks. Rest assured, dear Christian, the word of God is still sacred, untouchable, above all. Timothy's major task in the church of Ephesus, hopefully we are like the church of an Ephesus, was to preach the word of truth. And that's what we're doing, to preach the word of truth as contained in the scriptures. He told him, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Paul was encouraging his son to be on duty constantly, ready for any emergency at any time, with the sacred word as his only weapon. Timothy was to correct, to admonish, encourage, to comfort, and exhort that is both the positive and the negative of a man of God who is, has, has a mission like Timothy. And he must do it with great patience and careful instruction. He was not never to air his own opinion, but to proclaim God's word of truth to the congregation. That's what he did. And that's what we're supposed to do. And he tells him, from childhood, you knew the word of God. A word for mothers and fathers. Your children, they should know the word of God. Because this word is, above all things, is the word that no one can erase. You rear them. You bring them up on the word of God. And when they grow up, they will never, never depart from it, as we said it many times. We thank God. There are still many servants of God, many teachers, many preachers in many churches who are not willing to compromise their teaching nor lower God's standard for their lives nor the lives of their congregation. Which life do you want? A compromising life, follow the crowd, everything is permissible. After all, they do it all over the world. They do it in Europe. They do it everywhere. They do it in the, in the Far East. Why don't we do it in the United States? We are known to be a Christian country. We were known to be, and I hope we are still known to be, a Christian country. Not a country of Christians and others. First and foremost, we are a Christian country. We were born, we were founded on the word of God. It should be supreme in our lives. We should follow it. 
We should abide by the word of God. If it doesn't say so, we will not do it. Many people come to ask me, ask me questions. I said, I can answer you from the word of God. I will not answer you what I think, but I will answer you from the word of God. And I show them what the word of God says and said, it's between you and God. We will never introduce our own opinion. We will never say, this is what we believe here at San Ramon Valley Bible Church. We believe what the Bible tells us, and that's all. It is still sacred. Regardless of what the word says, it's, it's, you are living in the past century. Well, this was written for every century under the sun, and the future centuries too, and we're following it. Today, the word of God is neglected completely. Well, they took it away from schools completely. From churches, they took it away from many churches. There are churches being built nowadays, and the word of God is not preached there. It's the gathering of the people together. Give them what they want, and they will come. And people will live with the income, because people are willing to pay, but don't touch our conscience. We want to live the way we need to live. It is catastrophic what's happening. What used to be the guide of our nation, the word of God, is now collecting dust at the shelves of millions of people. Ignorance today about the Bible is appalling. I got you some statistics. I got you some statistics. A Yale University student said when asked about Golgotha, let me ask you a question, what's Golgotha? Calvary. Ah, amen. We know, we know what it is, that, or the majority of us, okay. You know what was the answer at Yale University? That was who slew David. Adam, you got that one? Okay. Golgotha is the one that slew David. Among 18,000 Bible-built high school students answering a questionnaire on the Bible, 16,000 of them couldn't name three Old Testament prophets. 12,000 didn't know the names of the four Gospels. And 10,000 couldn't name three of the 12 disciples. Is the word of God anywhere? That's yeah. You want a sadder story? I read the story. It's somehow humorous, but sad. It's in one of those large churches. So the new preacher entered the Sunday school class while the lesson was in progress and asked the question. He stopped, I have a question. Who broke down the walls of Jericho? A boy answered, not me. <laughs> not me, sir. The preacher turned to the teacher and asked, is this the usual behavior in this class? The teacher answered, this boy is honest, sir, and I believe him. I really don't think he did it. <laughs> Frustrated, the preacher left the room. Sought an, an elder. He met an elder and explained what happened. The elder said, I have known both the teacher and the boy for years, and neither of them would do such a thing. Do we know the word of God? Do we know our Bible? It doesn't end up here. By this time, the preacher was heartsick and reported it to the Christian education head of the department. And the answer came, we see no point in being disturbed, sir. Let's pay the bill for the damage to the walls 
and charge it to facility upkeep. <laughs> we want you to be knowledgeable. This is why we preach the word of God. It's sad. Humorous, but sad. <coughs> know your word. Our homes is built on it. Our country is built on it. Our nation is built on it. Regardless of whether people acknowledge it or not today. Regardless of uh, the people in authority acknowledge the Bible. We still live by the word of, the, of God. Amen. We still live by the Bible. And we need to learn it. I wonder what these people are being taught in our churches today. We have a Bible study. Please come to it and learn the word of God. It's still the only word that remains forever. Amen. The only book that is never out of print All books that people love to read, they'll be out of print and will be gone. Today, it is still the best seller in the world. It's the word of God. That's why we teach it. That's why we are going to have a revelation seminar beginning one week from tomorrow to teach what's happening, especially what we read in the last days and what's coming. These are signs for us to get closer to God and have this word to be a sacred word in our homes. So many Bibles are collecting dust. They are on the shelves of many Christians, so-called Christian homes. And we don't live anymore by the code of the Bible. We respect every code. When we were building the, the building here, we had to build it by code. Everything is, we follow the code that is put to us and regulated by the government for us, and we obey it. Why don't we obey the Bible? This is the code. Better yet, it's this, the standard of living and for living. Someone said, no nation is better than its church. And no church is better than its people. Let's keep that in mind. Only God transferred personalities can change the moral and the spiritual fiber of the nation. And we are called to do that. This is a big task. Let's live by the word. This is the word of God. And in spite of everything that is going, in spite of the attacks on the word of God, the skepticism that's going around, in spite of, of uh, the critiques, this is still the refuge. It's still a citadel. It is still a fortress. It's still the rock. It is the sacred word of God. I want to leave you with few things. The word of God is sacred because God authored it. It says in the Bible in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, Right in righteousness, the man of God may be adequate, ad adequate, equipped for every good work. God is the author. And the word of God is sacred because it's divinely inspired. Those men who wrote it are divinely inspired. For the lack of time, I don't give you scriptures, but you will find it. You will find it in 2 Peter, it says, no, 
This, first of all, no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's interpretation. No, but the prophecy, if a prophecy was ever made, it wasn't made by an act of a human will, but by men moved by the Holy Spirit. It's authored by God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. The word of God is sacred because it's powerful. I was talking to a man who used to come to our church. He said, too much. This is too much, the word of God. He, he, he's, he couldn't take what is preached and we preach the word of God and take it from there. He said, I get convicted. Well, I hope you are. I get convicted. I hope we have such a, a living conscience, an awake conscience. When the word of God is spoken, we get convicted. We're not angels, you know that. And we need the word of God to set us right. We need it. Let's follow it. Let's live by it. The word of God, the Bible says, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. That means if a two-edged sword goes into, into your life, it is painful. But the end result is a bliss. The end result is eternal life. A life for Christ. The word of God, fourthly, is sacred because it is eternal. It's not a book. Like people say, well, it's a good history book. It's outdated now. It's never been a history book. History is taken from here. It's a book about what God can do to man. And how can he change your life? It's not. It's imperishable. It's the word of God. And the word of God is sacred. Because it changes lives. Ask any Christian who changed your life. He will tell you, I heard the word of God. Where else in any given book, in any given commentary, can you bring a verse as powerful as John 3.16? John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the word. Okay. Could they erase that one? Could they exchange it? Could they get away with it? It is there that he gave his only son. So whoever believes in him shall not perish. That's the word of God. It changes. It has a message for your heart today. It has a message to tell you, you need to repent. You need to come along and follow the standard. There is no other standard. There is no other standard set by society. Society is being, you know, who makes society? The families. Where is the family today? Who makes the families? The individuals. Where are the individuals today? If the society does not follow God, if schools do not follow God, if universities like Yale and any other universities and colleges do not follow God, they are not going to give you any direction for your life. The only GPS that you can follow blindly is the Bible itself. It can change your life. Man is a sinner. I am a sinner. I one day realized I needed Jesus Christ. And I took the word. I started reading it. I got convicted. I knelt and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. We cannot say no to God. God is begging people. He says, this is my word. Respect it. Take it. Live it. And live for Jesus. And he will give you grace to live a victorious life. That's how the church grew. And God is still in heaven. And whatever they want to say, they can say. If they want to mock, let them mock. If they want to 
Say it's not sacred, let them. Say if we want to change it like this singer, okay, let them try and change it. We don't want to follow it, let them try and see what life they're going to live. But you know what the Bible says here again in Psalms chapter 2. Let the world be in uproar and the nations plot and the rulers take counsel together and the enemies of God devise their evil schemes against the word of God and against his anointed. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He will have the last word. One day, one day, all the world, all the world that have rejected this word of God and the Jesus who saves them, one day they're going to stand in front of the great white throne and there hear the verdict, guilty forever. But for now, there is still a window open because God is merciful. God is merciful. And the word of God can change your life and can put you there to follow his standard, change you completely, gives you the life that you want to live, a clean life, a life worthy of your Lord Jesus Christ can change you and save you and make you whole. This is the word of God. Take him, enjoy him, and live for him. And let's live by this code. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. <coughs> Father, we thank you for your word. It's still the most sacred word. And help us to live by it. Open our hearts to obey it. And if there are lives that hasn't been changed yet, change those lives today. By the Holy Spirit, speak to us. Help us, Lord, not to run away from it but to apply this word to our lives. We ask you to bless your people. Those who are ill, we remember them again. And those who are here, may no one leaves this place without settling the sin question that this word of God can change their lives. May you change it, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. If anyone wants to come and talk to me, I'll be more than happy to wait for you and talk to you. And may the Lord bless you all.